Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio at NRG Stadium, presented by Fuddruckers, of course, our friends there. It is so delicious to go to Fuddruckers. In fact, I wish they were serving me up a Fuddruckers shake right now. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you, and we are so pleased to be joined by the center of your Houston Texans, new to the team this year, Justin Britt. How's it going, Justin? It's going pretty well. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're doing great. We're uh, really happy to have you in studio here today. We've watched all your other interviews. I don't think I've had a chance to really talk to you much. DP has, though. Mm-hmm. I so. have not. What? I've only seen Justin in press conferences, and I was saving him for a big deep slant during the season. Okay. All right. Yeah. So she's still, she has her You're deep at- slant interview. This is, she's very territorial about the <laughs> deep slant interview. In fact, Wrestling questions may or may not come up today because we had the scouting report from Drew Doherty on yeah. your being a connoisseur. Yeah, I of saw the, the thing. Game. I saw the thing with Roy and uh, the yeah. Rock. Uh huh. Guess yeah. where that started, Justin? Here, on the yeah. deep slant. Oh, <laughs> on the deep slant. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we have. I, I he, told pretty, a great sto- he told a great story. I was pretty jealous, you know. So Stone Cold Steve Austin is your guy, right? Aren't you a Steve Austin guy? I love, I love Stone Cold, but. I just love that era of wrestling. The Rocks, uh, Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, the Hardy Boys, kind of that whole era was kind of what I don't I don't feel like it's the same nowadays what it used to be. Why isn't it the same? What changed about it? I feel like maybe just kind of how TV is, how how, you know, how sensitive things are, it is kind of kind of got to make it more family friendly rather than like mm. you know, more towards the adult audience, it's more kind of everybody. How did you grow up watching it? Was it on Saturday morning on um, you know SmackDown? What shows did you watch? How did you get into it as a kid? Um, man, I, I whenever it was on, it was kind of a thing. And I, I have this uh, this big tub, probably this high, mm-hmm. this wide, just full of the action figures that that my mom still has. And I got the ring, the the ramp. I would have the CDs. I'd put in the boombox and play it. Um, I got into it pretty heavy. They had a lot of paraphernalia and marketing stuff. And my brother had the uh, the wrestling buddies. Yeah. They were like a it was like a big pillow. He had million the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. He had yeah. that. He would just it was like a pillow dressed up as a wrestler and he would just like pound him to the ground over and over and over. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Um very simple concept. You know, DDT effective. people on the trampoline into the pool, um <laughs> all, all those things uh No, I grew up doing all that for sure. So, when did you start playing football? Um going into 5th grade. Really? So yeah. kind of late compared to a lot of kids, at least in Texas anyway. Yeah. It's funny. My my first time, whenever I first went and, and started football, I did it just because my older brother was, uh, he did football. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, do a sport with him. But the first time we went out there, you know, being a kid who didn't do sports till fifth grade, um, I hated it. I was like, this is awful. I was like, I'm sweating too much. I was like, this, right. is, this is hard. And so I didn't do it for a year. And then I went back the next year and fell in love with it. What made you fall in love with it? I don't know. Um, kind of maybe still the things that I love to this day, like um, going out there and just, you know, it's it's like a bar fight. Mm-hmm. You know, just get to go out there, be aggressive. Um, I've never scored a touchdown, but I love when, you know, I help score a touchdown. I feel like I did score a touchdown. And so um, winning the game, just those simple things, um, you know, carry with you to this day and, you know, this is kind of why we're here. We love the game and, and what what it brings and the opportunity it gives us. Just kind of hold on to it. 
I love a few weeks ago when you had the direct snap to, to Mark Ingram and he threw the ball to Lindsey and Lindsey handed you the ball to Spike. Yeah, that was cool. That was, and you know, it was on so many levels because you'd been out of football for a year and just yeah. to be a part of such a big play. And, and they really gave a lot of credit to you um, on that play. But, you know, I imagine, is that as close to a touchdown as, as you could get? Or do you ever lobby to get yourself? Um, well, well, they threw me the ball in college one time. We did a lateral mm -hmm. pass. Um, I probably would have scored, but they were in zone. Okay. So they were just sitting there <laughs> waiting for me. Um, but, uh, I, I guess so. I mean, it sure felt like I scored that touchdown. How soon he handed me the ball and, and I was spiking it. And it, it was a really cool moment. And, um, you know, that whole game was real fun to me. Well, Tim Kelly's brother, Dennis Kelly, who used to play for the Titans, now mm -hmm. he's with the Packers, he scored a touchdown for the Titans a few years ago. So I would bring that up to Tim it's, Kelly. It's, it's you pretty know? challenging being the center, you know. It's pretty it hard to yeah. get yourself yeah. out there. It's easier for a tackle. It's a little hard to line up. <laughs> it's a little bit harder. It could, it could be done, but. Well, it is interesting because you are the center, Justin Britt with us, by the way, and you're the offensive lineman who gets to touch the ball. I mean, other than fumble recovery or whatever, you're the guy who gets to touch the ball on every single play, no mm. matter what, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Whenever they move me to center going into my third year in the league, I never played center. I've done a mm -hmm. couple of snaps here and there in college and, like, spring ball. Um, I, I snapped the ball at pro day to, to show I could do it if needed, but I've never played it in the game. And so whenever I first moved to that spot and I was kind of – um, like you said, I start with the ball, and it was a big responsibility that I embraced, and kind of the whole the whole aspect of center, the men, the mental aspect, having to read the defense, make the calls, um, see everything, kind of know where everyone's going, um, kind of being the quarterback of the the O line and kind of that situation. It kind of cool, and I fell in love with it, and um, it made me dive in deeper to the game instead of just playing right tackle or left guard and having to worry about that one spot and, and, and the ins and outs of it, having to know basically the whole offense, um, you know, it made me fall in love with it even more. You played right tackle, right guard, and then you moved to center. That's right, because I was looking at some of your Mizzou stats. You had not played center in college. So no. what does that conversation look like that they want you to move to center, and what was that learning curve? Because you, you're now a couple of years into the league, but to play a brand-new position, which is really important on the O-line, you know, yeah. what was it like for you to sort of get up to speed with that? Um, I remember the call, uh, Tom Cable, my O-line coach at mm. the time, he gives me a call, and he's kind of like, uh, how do you feel about that? I'm like, I don't know, man. And my first pass pro snap, or kind of one-on-one rep, was against Brandon Meebane. And I uh, snapped the ball, and he, he grabbed me and pulled me to the ground quicker than I could get set. It, I didn't realize how sudden you have to be at that spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have the space you have at tackle or guard. And so it took some getting used to kind of the speed of the position. But um, um, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't hesitant. But that quickly went away um, kind of as soon as the snaps became normal and I wasn't thinking about them and I could kind of grow from there. Why do you think they wanted to move you? Was it injuries or did they see something in you that they thought you would have the potential to play there? Um. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it's not something I really ask. It's like I don't know the answer. I know. I know. Um, I mean, it's worked out well for you. Yeah, yeah. I know. Whenever I got there, my first year, I was. I learned. I had a great mentor and a player in uh, Lemuel Jean Pierre, who is now uh, coaching the line in Miami. Um, he was a, a veteran on the team who I kind of jumped 
dipped in his hip and I was kind of picking his brain through camp and everything, trying to learn the whole offensive line because I feel like if you know everyone's spot, you kind of understand the play better and you can kind of put yourself in a better way rather than just blocking them. You can block them with your uh, helmet placement over here and it'll help this and that. So um, I don't know. I, I knew the blocking schemes and, and the the concepts really well and um, they had just traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham and uh, we went through a year of ups and downs with the center um, and so you know they, they asked me and I'm not a guy who's gonna kind of say no nah, I don't want that opportunity um, but I maybe it could be that I just knew the offense and they just wanted to see if I could do it. Justin Britt joining us on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. What do people not understand about how difficult it is to switch spots? You have Titus going from right tackle to left guard, and yeah. we've seen other switches before. What do people not know about how difficult that could be? Um, it's it's little things like, uh, for one, instead of for, for Titus, I made the same switch, mm-hmm. and he's done a terrific job at it. I couldn't figure out left guard like I had figured out right tackle or center. Um, but, but it's going to, rather than going against people like Whitney Merciless, um, you move to guard, you're going against people like Aaron Donald. Mm. And so it's just different body types. Um, things happen a couple steps quicker. Um, cause you're right there. The, I mean, it's just, everything's a little different. You know, the people inside are a little stronger, a little bigger. Um, you're going to have more double teams. You gotta, you gotta understand pass pass protection and how to not be too quick not to be too slow at guard um and i mean it's it's just you need a lot of reps you can't just it can be done but mm-hmm. to be you know as good as you want to be you gotta you gotta practice it what but, about flipping from right to left i imagine it's everything is is everything backwards or does that is that an yeah. easier transition i i feel like it's not as difficult I mean, if a right guard goes to the left guard, it's not as difficult if you go from tackle to guard, um, let alone switch sides. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, if you're on the right side, you're writing with your right hand, and you go to the left side, you got to write with your left. So um, it's, it's a little different, a little weird. Um, you know, Max had to go through it early in camp. But, uh, you know, just like anything with some repetition, you'll figure it out. Do you watch a lot of tape or video, as we call it, or whatever we should call it these days? Film, tape, video. Yeah. How much of it do you watch, Justin, to get ready for a game? Um, I don't know the hours. Um, we, mm-hmm. we watch a lot in our meetings and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Like today, I'll go home and, and, and I'll watch uh, a game or two of the Patriots and get a feel for um, who they got, how they do things, you know, um, what they're good at. And then uh, tomorrow... Well, today's Tuesday, right? So yeah. tomorrow we'll come in and, and we'll start a game plan as a team. But, uh, you know, I feel like the majority of us, if not all of us, kind of start our game planning on Monday for the next opponent. And then, you know, as you go on and on, you just um, – everyone's different. You watch film, you know, to kind of feel the need of what you need. Um, right. And so – but, I mean, we watch a lot of film in here. I'll go home. I want to have a balance between football and, and family life. So – um, you know, I'm, I'm going to hang out with my kids and my wife some, but, um, I'll, I'll find an hour or so, you know, every night, but, um, I make sure when I'm here, it's all football. Your kids are how old now? I got an eight year old girl, a five year old boy, and then a little girl who just turned one in August. Wow. Uh, so how's the one year old sleeping? Pretty well? <laughs> For the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I think Good. she wakes up about once a night and 
we can bring her into bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, you fell into that trap, huh? <laughs> well, you know. It's you, number you three. You do you what you your can battles. to get some sleep. You yeah. pick your battles. Do, yeah. the, the other two, do they watch you? Do they know what you do? Do they Are they into the, into um, the Texans? I, I feel like this is one of the first years. Like, my daughter, who's eight, um, has she knew I was I played for the Seahawks. And um, anytime she saw some, she'd be like, you know, that's the Seahawks. That's, that's who dad plays for. And. And this year, I feel like it's the first time she's really understood maybe the magnitude of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like she's been in 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 uh, in school, and she's telling her friends, um, you know, my dad plays for the Texans, and so now she's got a couple kids who every day or every other day go to her and be like, "Your dad did this, or your dad did this," or wow, like they're in tune with it and, and and she embraces it so i think it's pretty cool we need her we need her to, <laughs> to be a good ambassador for us out there this is this is good very nice justin uh i want to get back to that kind of stuff let's talk about i mean i don't want to talk too much about the game i know you guys like to have the 24-hour rule put it in the rearview mirror on sunday but uh clearly i know you guys want to run the football better so what is that going to take what does that entail to run the football to your liking as we head into sunday and beyond really um, we just gotta we just gotta pick at the fine details. Get better mm-hmm. at w- during the week. Be more perfect during the week. Um, have every day have a purpose. Um, whatever that purpose is for you, whatever you want to get better at, show up with that intent. And uh, you know, whenever we get the opportunities in the games and practice, whenever uh, you know, Coach Kelly calls those run plays, we have to execute them and and build the trust within him and us that we can that he can trust us to run the ball. And so if he calls a run play and we don't execute it, then, then of course, it's going to be like, well, you know, I don't know. But if we go out mm-hmm. there and we do what we're supposed to do, like we started the year doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, the trust is going to be there and it'll take care of itself. What about for Davis Mills? I mean, obviously not the way he wanted to play on Sunday, but, you know, we saw some good stuff from him in his first two games. What, what do you think for him, What what is it going to take to sort of bounce back from a loss like that? Well, I, I don't. I don't think any of us played to the standard we want to um, this past weekend, and so um, you know I'm not going to put blame on him. Um, you know we we got to be better for him, and and that's not just pass protection. Um, it's hard to throw the ball if you have no run game, mm. and so that that if we had the run game, it would definitely take stress off him, take stress off Coach Kelly, and uh, you know would open up the playbook more. So, um, but. Just like anything, we got to get back to work. We got to take care of the ball. We got to eliminate the penalties up front and as a team, offensively, and um, just have a good week. I know you had said it doesn't really matter who's uh, you, who you're snapping the ball to in camp, and now you've got Davis back there. You had mentioned something about over communicating when it's a new line. Do you feel like that's something you have to do with a young quarterback as well? How does that communication work with you and him? I just, me and him, we just got to make sure we're on the same page and that we mm-hmm. see things the same the same way and we recognize things through the same set of eyes as we like to say it and uh you know if we do that then you know i have full faith in him and the receivers we have the backs we have and so for us it's all about going out there and executing just being as clean and perfect as we can every play doing it one play at a time you worked with a lot of different kinds of backs in seattle you have different backs here how does it affect the line? Who's carrying the football? I mean, obviously, you know, if you have Earl Campbell or whatever carrying the football, that's one thing. But just the styles and things like that, or is it just about the play call and executing that? Um, yeah, I feel like uh, the the running back back there 
you know, is kind of neither here or there. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we know who's in the huddle. Um, we know when Mark's in there, when Phil's in there, but it doesn't change how we do our job. Um, mm -hmm. They got their course, their reads, and whether it's Mark or Phil or David or Rex or Scotty, um, you know, their read is going to be the same. It just kind of depends on how the play unfolds. But, um, you know, whatever play's called, we're trying to get them to the spot that we know they're supposed to be at. I look at Scotty in the preseason getting a bunch of carries and everything, and I know there's multi-layers multi on the depth chart, but you look at the guys in front of him, and it's all names you know, guys who have been in the league for a long time. What did Scotty bring to the table that you liked in the preseason? I thought he ran the ball really hard. I thought he had a lot of energy, um, a lot of toughness. Um, I like I like him. You know, he's not someone who's going to be out there and, and, and real vocal and, and talk mm -hmm. too much. He just he shows up, puts in the work, and – uh, runs the ball really hard. Well, you've already got some vocal guys in that group. So, you know, as I like to tell Mark in our department, I'm like, we can't all be talkers. You know, you got Ingram. <laughs> He's you got a really Lindsay. good one. He's a really good one. He is great. He's And you know what? We were, I think Drew was interviewing him in camp, and he was so quiet. And Ingram and, 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 and Lindsay walked by, and they were, they're trying to hype him up. They told him not to be too quiet, to sort of open up, because they were like, he's pretty, he's pretty soft-spoken. But that yeah. group is, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this whole team is, is, is full of people like that. And, I feel like uh, Casario and, and Coley uh, and Jack put a really good roster together and uh, a good mix of veterans and, and guys who are just getting going in the league. So um, I think to have people like Mark Ingram on the team to bring in uh, Christian Kirksey and to have people like Justin Reed, Cooks, and I'm going to miss some guys. But, I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys who are vocal and who – have a voice and, and that you know they have it and they use it and um, you know they they do a really good job of motivating and keeping the team where we want to go. All right, Justin Britt joining us. All right, take us inside the huddle. You know, I've seen the movies, but I've never really been in one. So, what is it like? I know the play is being delivered, but is there ever any other talking going on in a huddle? Like, man, that guy was you know, that was a great play, dude, or whatever. Watch out for him. Yeah. In addition to whatever the technical play call is. Um. So yeah, I mean, say we run a play. Um. I figure out where they're going to put the ball, and mm -hmm. I get roughly about five yards away. Um. Call the huddle. People come in there, uh, communicating the personnel who needs to be in the huddle. Um. You know, the lineman up front, we might talk about, hey, <clears throat> I might need a little bit more there. Or, right. hey, you might have been too quick. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's, you got a play clock. There's not a lot of time. You're trying yeah. to play with tempo. Um, as soon as Davis, as soon as Tyrod steps in the huddle, everyone gives quiet. Yeah, because they're listening for the call in the helmet, right? Yeah. And you guys have a split second or two to gather <laughs> while you're waiting for them to get into the huddle and mm -hmm. deliver the play, right? Yeah, and, and and their mic and their helmet goes off at a certain point on the play clock. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as he steps in the huddle, he's trying to remember this play. Don't, you know. Don't, <laughs> don't trip him up. <laughs> yeah, don't trip him up. Don't get in his way mentally. Could you repeat that? I didn't hear that. Yeah. That must happen, though, in some buildings, right? I mean, sometimes um, – you know, there might have been a time or two in Buffalo. It was pretty loud there mm -hmm. um, where communication was kind of hard to hear. But um, in, in those games, you just got to kind of focus. And, and, and for me, I'm going to stare at your lips. I can't lip read, but right. I, for some reason, <laughs> it makes me hear it a little better. I think everybody, yeah. it's a good point. Yeah, when you can see, the yeah. audio is easier mm -hmm. that way. Plus, you know all the plays. It's like so. subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
please don't deliver the play in Spanish. Uh, when you guys are going in hurry up, mm-hmm. do O linemen like that, or is that just like, hey, I need a break here? Uh, how does that work? How does that feel for what you do, your job? Uh, it can be to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said this uh, last week. Uh, someone asked me. I was like, we don't want to go hurry up every every series, but mm-hmm. we understand that it's an advantage to us because they can't necessarily substitute the defensive line and and, and and other people, so we can attack them, keep them on the field. Um, and and I feel like we're in pretty good shape up front uh, physically. That we can go out there and, and go down the field pretty quick. So when you go hurry up and there's no huddle, then how does then how does the huddle part of that take place well i can't i can't give away everything oh, okay okay i can't give away everything but, like but you're sort we of have our on the we fly, have our right? tells and, okay. and communications that we do in that way right and maybe one word calls or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be i've uh, always wondered about that i'm like but how do they how are they so organized when there is no huddle but it or looks where really you are in the field you know exactly like where to line up and so so you so just quickly. keep things simple so you can play quick you know be quick but don't hurry what about talking on the line? Because some defensive players especially, I mean, you guys have to all focus and everything, but I would imagine there's some jawing. But some of those guys talk an awful lot, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a D lineman while I'm in my stance mm-hmm. or vice versa. But are they saying stuff to you? But they're not allowed to say stuff while signals, signals are being called. Sure they can. Oh, they can. Okay. Sure they can. I just don't think they can bark out like sudden loud noises okay. like a cadence. Mm. They can't try to. Simulated cadence. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, they can't do that. Yeah, okay. but but they can say whatever they want. They can move around. It's really not fair. Yeah, that doesn't sound fair at all. <laughs> I don't like this at all. But the advantage is we know where the ball is going. Okay. So they yeah. got to react. We know where it's going. Yeah, it must be a pretty good feeling if somebody's jawing a lot, then you make a big play on them. Of they, course. And they kind of quiet down a little bit. Of course. Bit. There's some players in the league you, you, you want to get them talking. You want to get them out of their way. And there's other mm-hmm. ones you don't want to do that to. You just want to keep them happy and, and and just have a clean game for them. But, you know, it, like I said, it's it's a bar fight. But if you could do more talking yourself, I mean, you had that wrestling background, right? I mean, I know you wrestled, but that was a different kind of wrestling. But mm-hmm. the wrestling fan in you must want to say some stuff every once in a while. Or um, you would know what to say if you could. When it's needed. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm. Uh, I was mic'd up this past weekend, and it's mm-hmm. it's probably really boring. But um, I feel like uh, like in the Jacksonville game, they mm-hmm. they were some talkers, and so it kind of brings it out of me. But um, mm-hmm. you know, the the other teams we played are a little bit more, I would say, professional mm-hmm. in the way they go about things. Um, where just kind of let's just play football. And so the extracurricular activities kind of stays out of it. But, um, you know, we're always ready for it. I'm kind of a hothead sometimes. Um, but really, I just want to do my job, do it well, and score points. I do like there being an enforcer like there is in hockey. I do like <laughs> – I appreciate that. I, I mean, I'm not saying there should be fights on the field, but in that Jacksonville game, you were laughing. But you weren't I was taking any. Fun. He said he was having fun. He I looked like fun. I was having fun watching it. I mean, the game was a little bit out of hand. Obviously, you were getting under their skin. But um, you know, is that sort of how you view your role as a center? Is that you do have to sort of, you know, if there are extracurriculars, maybe that involve guys on your offense, that you have to sort of step up for them. I've kind of always been that way. Um, just kind of, I don't know, just kind of being on the edge, towing the line of what's too much, how what's too far. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, kind of the way I think wrestling really played into it. I think mm-hmm. uh, 
I think uh, going to Mizzou kind of helped develop that too. And, and whenever I was there, the, the mindset we had and how we went about our business and then getting to Seattle and, and blocking for Marshawn Lynch my first couple of years um, kind of fine-tuned that. And so, um, you know, because he's someone who brings a lot of attitude and aggression to the run game. Right. And, uh, you know, my first couple of years, the rules were a little bit more violent than mm-hmm. they are now. You could uh, – the cut rule was a little different. Sure. There was more freedom. Um, you know, you could go down the field and, and – and target someone who was trying to tackle rather than pushing the whole pile you could just drill that one dude Mm -hmm. um and so you're really towing the line and so um you know every year they they change the rules here and there make trying to make it safer and safer but it's just becoming less fun and less fun um you just kind of try to find the way to kind of be aggressive and set the tone and uh, i like to say don't let the defense dictate how your day is going to go you try to be the one to dictate how it's going to go. I like the sound of that. It is the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show with Justin Britt. And fans, if you mention Texans during your order, get a four ninety nine third pound burger, one-third a pound of beautiful Fuddruckers burger. On Tuesdays only, get a great deal. Mention Texans. They'll take great care of you at any Fuddruckers location. So be sure to do that. Be sure to stick around because we have much more with Justin Britt on what's coming up with the Patriots in his life and then some. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and DP Sidhu with you on the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. Great to have you with us as Justin Britt is our guest tonight. And we were talking a whole lot about offensive line play. And we talked a little bit about wrestling you as a fan. But you did wrestle in high school, right? At a very high level. You did yeah. well, right? Heavyweight? Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. How does that help you as an old lineman? Um, I went 45-0 and 0 my senior year, one state, and then uh, became an All-American. Um, so you did very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last year in high school, was it was pretty cool. It was, I mean, everything worked out. Wrestling and then uh, the football scholarship. It was, it was a really cool year. But um, how does it help me in football? Sorry. Um I like to say the biggest takeaway I take away from wrestling is the mental aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say if you have a football team full of wrestlers, you're going to be a pretty good team. Because uh, for me, um, it built my competitive edge. Because you're out there on the mat. It's just you, like you versus me. Everyone's watching. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> watching. And it's, it's like, are you going to lose or you going to win? And right. You're gonna you're gonna be embarrassed, or you're gonna walk away the winner. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, more times than not, I didn't lose, and um, and and you know, it kind of built that competitiveness in me. And uh, you know, you kind of translate that into the uh, a team sport. You know, it just makes me want everyone to succeed. Um, like, there's no one that wants Mark, Phil, David, Rex, um, Scotty. There's no one that wants them to succeed more than I do because if they're succeeding, then I'm doing pretty well. And so, um, you know, this it, it, whether it's me on the mat or it's all 11 of us on the mat, I want to walk away the winner. How much did you weigh as a heavyweight in high school? So the max you could weigh was 285, and I was probably roughly around 250 to 260. Yeah, the heavy. on the lighter side, isn't it? Yeah, 215 is 
the class under that. So oh, okay. This, it's oh, a it's a big. That's range. a big range. Yeah, so, it is a wide. So the guys who are lighter. A who, lot of the people I wrestled were closer to two seventy five or two eighty five. But they don't push that cap as much as people in the lower weight classes, right? Because those guys are always trying to quote make weight. Yeah, they, they'd be, you know, two hoodies on, spitting in a bottle, mm -hmm. um, trying to sweat to make weight, and I show up to the tournament <laughs> with a cooler full of junk food. So. <laughs> yeah, because five pound fluctuation for you doesn't mean anything, right? No, not at all. I oh, knew. heavyweight's the place to live then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's Mark, what I'm going to be. Mark, you got a lot of snacks to get to heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, for I guess sure. so. How much weight then did you put on from wrestling to college? Um, I got to college 270, and I probably put on 10 pounds each year. And so um, I left college at 325. Um and then my rookie year, I was about 320, 325 in Seattle. And then um, I moved to guard. I was 315 to 320. And, and I moved to center. And I wanted to be a little quicker. And so about 310 to 315. Justin, when you retire years down the line, like mm -hmm. a decade from now, you're done playing football. What a decade. Is, a decade. Yeah, I got, I got at least another <laughs> decade for you. Or more. Uh, how, what's your weight going to be? What do you want to be when you're all done? Because – I know former offensive linemen for the Texans, and some of them are really slimmed down. You know, they don't look like me exactly, but, you know, they've, they've gotten to like 220 or something. They were pushing 283 or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I left high school at 270, and so I don't know if I want to get under that. I don't know if yeah. I want to be smaller than I was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still going to work out. I know that as long as my body stays healthy. I still want to work out and, and stay fit and have something to do every day um you know f maybe get the six pack i've never had since high school so um i would say 270 would be the lowest i'd want to go i have a better idea <laughs> what if you don't lose weight and then you go and become a professional wrestler that sounds terrible why I is think, that terrible i think you'd make you i Though think they, you would be a lot of fun to watch in wrestling they they go through a lot their bodies go through a lot worse than ours if not the same. I mean, so, everything's padded, though. But how know? is that? How <laughs> you mean? You mean what? Like, no, they, they, I mean, they, they, you're not faking getting thrown on thumbtacks. Um, mm. You know, they say it's not real wrestling. Like, sure, like, there's a there's a plot and a script. I mean, I don't know. Right. I know, I know a few of them. I know Titus O'Neil. Um, I know uh, uh, Randy Orton through, um, you know, a mutual friend. Um but, I mean, they go through a lot. I mean, you get thrown through a table. Like, you right. can't fake that. Sure. You remember, uh, I remember um, the Undertaker versus Mankind fight. And he threw Mankind off the top of the cage onto right. the announcer table. Yeah. But how do you fake that? No, that sounds you can't. terrible. You can't. Even if it's uh, I mean, if a breakaway. Doing, if you're doing the throwing, I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, if you and this is why yeah. you need to keep your weight. It'd be hard to pick you up and throw you on an announcer table. Well, I don't know. Big Show's been p picked up before. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. It sounds terrible. Those guys train hard, too, right? I mean, they have to. And I think their hours are not very friendly. Mm. And so to be in this profession with this, the hours we have, um, I think when I call it done, I want to have some freedom. Interesting. Now, how do you spend the off season as far as staying in shape and staying, keeping the football brain and body going, yet getting some regeneration time? Um, yeah. So my routine usually get done with the season. 
um, whenever that is, take about three weeks off. Mm-hmm. Try to. Usually my brain and my body starts, you know, getting after me and telling me it's time to get going. Yeah. Um, but I try to take at least three weeks off and then, uh, you know, start it back up again. Start working out, start training from the basics all the way through, you know, to you getting ready for camp. Kind of just building up to camp. And you start in February or March, whichever way you go. Um, but, I mean, mentally, you know, the playbook, you know, wouldn't leave my mind. Um, right. I randomly think about, you know, the inside zone play or, um, you know, my rules on this protection. So, um, really for me, it's just about the off season is about catching up with family time, you know, spending time with them, mm-hmm. um, taking a vacation. Uh, um, but, but really just kind of healing the body mentally and physically. Well, let me ask you, uh, about training camp because one thing, just me doing what I do, you guys are working so hard out there for six weeks. I mean, almost all of it, because I know the last week you're getting ready for the opener and everything, maybe the last couple of weeks now that we don't have that fourth preseason game. But does it have to be like that? How important is that? Is it more physical or mental? Because it seems like you guys hit training camp and most of you are in pretty good shape these days. Now, years ago might not have been the case with mm-hmm. a lot of pro football players, but now you have to be. Yeah, I mean, now there's not a lot of time. Right. I feel like before the camp was longer, you had six two a days. Yeah. Um, so if you weren't in shape, they were gonna get you in shape. Six preseason games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I missed that era. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was hot here. Yeah. You know? No joke. It's That's an Houston's real. Right. Houston's real. Well and you not having played in twenty twenty this year, did it seem like camp was harder, different? Longer, um, shorter. And I heard this year was um, kind of abnormal for the weather here. It was kind of cooler than normal. It was pleasant, actually, yes. the first few weeks. Well, I, I don't think it was less. The first <laughs> day was hot, and then about the middle of camp, there was a couple really hot nice. days. Yeah. But, you know, there was a lot of nice days. Well, the other thing they did, and I hate to break this to you if you haven't heard it, but they practiced in the middle of the day in the summer more than ever before here. More than ever before. I mean, you had at least six or seven that were right in the middle of the day. And they've never done that here before. But you guys handled it great. It was easy for me anyway. We had to. We <laughs> yeah. had to. Um, yeah, I mean, I forgot what we were talking about. But, I mean, camp. Uh, just coming back just after not having played oh, in here, too. Okay. Like, what is that? I mean, I imagine that's a di- it's a new team. It's a new playbook. And you've had a year off, which is kind of unusual. Yeah, it, it everything felt new to me and um, kind of rejuvenated. Um, I was excited for camp for the first time in a few years you know usually um you know you get done with the season you have the off season and then you're like oh camp's coming i was like let's do it let's go yeah yeah i was ready last year i was hanging out at home riding a bike you know trying to stay active working out by myself um you know it wasn't i had a lot of fun you know riding my bikes with you know cam chancellor cliff Averill. Mm -hmm. um but i was I've said before, I was missing football and, and the whole a- aspect of it, um, the banged-up fingers, you know, having to deal with little nicks and bruises. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, the whole aspect of this game 
is special to me, and, and I enjoy it. Well, we are enjoying our visit. Justin Britt with us. One more segment, including, among other things, one college game he was really much more motivated for than any other, and it was a non-football thing that inspired him. We'll get to that and anything else we possibly can next on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Here we are on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vantermeer in D.P. City with Justin Britt, Texans Center, and... We talked about wrestling in high school. Any other sports in addition to football and wrestling? I did track just to be active. I threw shot and disc. Mm-hmm. But I did talk my way into running the 200 in a couple JV meets. Whoa. Yeah. Was that fun? Were you successful? Yeah, I ran I ran a 25 second, 25 second 200 at 270. At 270. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I would have showed that tape at the combine. Said, "This is all you need to see." Yeah. <laughs> and look at me now. We're good to go. They'd be like, what, can you do it at three twenty though? How fast was your combine time? Did um, you run a forty there? No, we don't talk about that. But oh, we my don't. pro day, I ran a four nine. That's impressive. Yeah, I ran a four nine. The combine, I don't know. I maybe maybe the pressure got to me. I, I ran a five one. Mm-hmm. And then at pro day, I ran a four nine. It's got to be a lot of pressure at the combine. Everybody's watching, but the old lineman watch, you know, running the forties. I, I know the football people are watching. To me, I always thought at the combine they should have it in prime time. Wide receivers, DBs, the forties, and just let them go because yeah. that's entertaining. You know who can break four three, four four, that kind of thing. Uh, but don't you think like running the ten is more important than running the forty as an offensive lineman or the fifteen, however yeah, you want to put sure. it? For yeah, for sure. For sure, but they're not gonna have you just the run five. ten. For <laughs> yeah. sure, though. Yeah, the I, burst, right? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say you went to Mizzou, and I I think I saw you play back in twenty eleven against A and M. It was my first game in College Station. It, do you remember that game? It was an overtime. I mean, we game. played. There was we played at. It was the last we year. We played in, the Big in College 12. Station for like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. I was real annoyed about it. It was but, uh, loud. It, it was a yeah. pretty cool place to play. Yeah, and then that was the last year of Big 12. So what was it like playing in the Big 12 and in the SEC? As so we had James Franklin as our quarterback. Uh, we beat him, I believe, I think. In um, overtime. Yes. Um, it was 31-31. Everybody at college if, uh, on, on Kyle Field was singing and swaying. I mean, I didn't go to a and I remember did. James Franklin yeah. breaking a big run down the sideline, yeah. breaking a couple tackles. Um, and then it was quiet. <laughs> I remember I had a block, like a peel-back block uh, to spring him. I want to say I sprung him free. Mm-hmm. But uh, really the whole team <laughs> was just blocking their butts off, and he was just spinning and breaking tackles, and he got in the end zone. I remember that play. That was a fun game. So where'd you meet your wife? And you had the kids in Seattle, of course. So mm-hmm. tell us about that a little bit. Um, well, she went to Mizzou, too. Mm-hmm. She's a, a, a year younger than me. Um, but uh, we kind of met through a mutual friend that went to my high school. And and then she came to college, and we connected. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not afraid to tell it or ashamed of it. She kept me in the friend zone for a year and made me kind of go back and forth and chasing her and trying to um you know get her to to be my girlfriend um it's a fun story i like to tell um she was uh i was like come on we gotta let's make a boyfriend and girlfriend and she said um if you win this next game um, <laughs> then then we'll be official and i kid you not we're sitting there we're playing san diego state and it's the fourth quarter and i look at the score and we're losing and I'm like, how is this possible? I was like, this why today? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> all days. And then TJ Mo, they call the Mo miracle. He caught a pass on the left left uh, left sideline, makes someone miss, and then ran for I don't know 60 yards. 
we won the game, and so the rest is history. But uh, you were so happy. <laughs> I was very relieved. I was very mm-hmm. relieved. So she was okay with this. Okay, you're going to be a professional football player. I'm down with that. I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, at the time, you know, it was a goal of mine, but it wasn't reality yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just a kid in college playing college ball, and so you know, we got together, and then um, you know, my senior year comes, and uh, well, my junior year. Uh, we get pregnant with our our oldest mm-hmm. and uh and then um I'm going through my senior year and I'm having a really good year and or my junior year I'm sorry and I'm having a really good year um and then we go down to Florida and we throw an interception and I make the tackle on the sideline and tear my ACL mm. and then 2 weeks later my daughter's born and so mm. um you know I I I feel like my when my daughter was born um it was you know, I tore my ACL when I tore it, and she was born when she was born. Um, selfishly, I want to say that she was came into my life at the time she did to help me bounce back oh, from yeah. my ACL. Because um, mm-hmm. as soon as she was born, because I was kind of moping around for my ACL and, and kind of babying it maybe. And as soon as she was born, I was like, all right, let's get going. I got to get back. Right. And then um, I, talked my, I talked the team and, and myself into – you know, four months after ACL surgery, I was doing spring ball. And so, um, wow, it's really impressive. Yeah. Wow. And then the senior year, um, you know, we started that and I was, I'd say I was doing pretty, pretty well. And so that's, I would say my senior year of college is when the NFL really became, oh shoot, like we could do this. Let's have a really good year and, and do things right. And and you went through all the pre-combine stuff and getting yourself mm. ready to be drafted. Did the whole thing. That's amazing that you didn't even think that the NFL was a possibility until your senior year. And I wouldn't say that, but it wasn't like... Like, you were such a high draft pick. I would think that that would have been on your radar but for on, the jump. It's it's funny because the whole process, you know, I was hearing like fourth round or later, fourth round to undrafted. And, uh, of course, I disagreed and, and I thought I was going to go higher than that and... You know, I was grateful and fortunate enough that the Seahawks selected me in the 64th pick. And, uh, you know, they were saying that, you know, they had to select me because if they didn't, um, they said another team was in the next handful of picks. So um, very fortunate. Excellent. Well, Justin, it's been so great to visit with you. We really appreciate the time. We look forward to more visits down the line here. Good no, luck on Sunday. That. Thank you, guys. There he is, Justin Britt here on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. So wonderful to visit with him. Now, coming up on Texans All Access, DP and I will debate the Harbaugh move to go for that rushing record. Also, what's going on in Jacksonville. And, of course, we'll get you ready for Sunday. Texans Patriots noon right here. Tickets still available, HoustonTexans.com, noon kick. It's Texans Radio.